This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I'm joined by yet another phenomenal guest. This guest is particularly near and dear to my heart. It's a childhood friend, and we're actually deeming this show specifically to be a call to action. You will come to realize why momentarily. So who is my guest of today? My guest is a gentleman by the name of Corey Smith. Corey Smith, port and musician, has been a self-employed carpenter, knife maker, and now residential wastewater systems designer. The husband of Sophie Smith, they have a daughter, Evelyn. Corey met Sophie at the ashram of their spiritual teacher in 2003 and fell in love at first sight. They settled in Hamilton, Ontario in 2006 and since 2008 have called BC's Sunshine Coast home. Sophie, a longtime graphic artist and web designer, was genetically tested for mutations to genes associated with frontotemporal dementia and ALS and was found to carry both mutations. After a long and heartfelt look at the possibilities, they decided to go ahead with their plans to have a child, and Evelyn was born in 2012. Sometime in the spring before Evelyn's fourth birthday, Sophie started to display an outward symptoms of FTD in the form of speech aphasia. It would not be long before Sophie's speech failed her completely, and soon the hallmark physical symptoms of ALS began to show themselves as well, and Corey became the full-time caregiver for both Sophie and Evelyn. Sophie went into a care facility this past November as her capacity to stand and walk had failed and care at home became impractical. Corey and Evelyn visit almost daily and take Sophie out in her wheelchair to take the air on the lovely seaside, which is a short walk away. Corey, welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Lisa. It's great to hear your voice. Well, it's great to hear your voice, too. And I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm saddened um, for all that you've had to endure as a family. And, you know, for different reasons, we both become single parents. But for the reasons that surround your particular set of circumstances, I think that's even more heart-wrenching. And I, 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 you know, we have talked for quite some time in the background for this day to arrive because 
what I want to emphasize and underscore with the listening global audience is that the emerging and ongoing needs for what your family will continually need is ongoing in nature. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, if you can maybe, and I know every day is different for you, Corey, but if you can kind of explain the acceleration of what's transpired in Sophie's health condition and what that then does in terms of transforming the alterations to your daily responsibilities. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a long road, of course, the symptoms having started uh, upwards of four years ago now. But, um, you know, the decline seems, um, in Sophie's case, and I, I must say it, it seems as though Sophie's case is extremely rare to have um, two uh, congenitally mutated genes that govern such neurological um, disorders. Um, but the FTD decline is. Um, largely symptomized by behavioral changes, language changes, personality changes, um, certain certain things that you might overlook actually uh, in their early stage, um, but that in retrospect become uh, clearly a part of that that pathology. Um, you know, the most outward instance, and the one that you mentioned in your bio, is this um, speech aphasia which is um, uh, depending on, on the actual pathology in the brain can take different forms. But in Sophie's started as a stutter and um, progressed to um, a complete inability to, to vocalize, um, you know, contrary to some aphasias uh, where the words quite simply don't appear perhaps to an Alzheimer's patient, um, for FTD patients, um, the cognizance remains relatively clear and Sophie's case remains relatively clear. Um, she just quite simply cannot uh, form the, the language anymore. And the writing eventually um, follows suit. So where she could manipulate a keyboard for communicative purposes or just use pen and paper for communicative purposes, that soon started to decline um, as well. And once it starts, once one particular aspect seems to start declining it does decline rather rapidly um and then a sort of perceived plateau arises and we were sort of working in three-month windows we would notice a, a sharp decline and then expect a plateau of of two or three months so we were only really able to plan in terms of two to three month windows of time in terms of how we were going to live going forward and what we were going to need going forward um, and the physical symptoms um, of ALS, as I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Hawking and, and others who um, have lived with ALS, it's um, a, a spasticity of the muscles that, that almost looks like a wasting, um, starts with shuffling movements, poor balance, um, continues into the fine motor skills where, as I said, the writing becomes a problem. Um, it's, uh, it ends, of course, in um, virtual immobility um, and wheelchair-bound uh, daily reality. So at the moment, Sophie's daily reality is living in the care home um, with nurses who need mechanical lifts to get her from bed to wheelchair and to bath. Um, the 
you know, they're stuck with habitual desires and needs from having known Sophie before onset, because of course she can't communicate with them. Um, so it's, it's a struggle to be sure. Um, it's a struggle to know what the right thing to do with any new symptom, even in the sense that, um, you know, pain and discomfort, uh, cramping, muscular um, uh, spasticity, these types of things cause, you know, pain that Sophie can't vocalize, um, discomforts that she can't vocalize. Um, and, and those types of things are part, part of the, part of the heartbreaking part is, of course, not being able to, to cater to those mm-hmm. individual things. Um, but the, the prognosis with ALS is, is, uh, three to five years, uh, essentially. Um, I have no reason to believe that Sophie's will differ widely from that, um, given the onset of the physical symptoms. Uh, the decline has been relatively in keeping with what the neurologists expect. Um, the FTD is a little bit more mysterious. It, um, it can, it, it is a fatal neurological disease though, and it, it does have a prognosis of sort of 10 years at the outside from the onset of symptoms. The trouble with it, of course, is like I say, those symptoms can sometimes be passed off as, um, temporary behavioral changes or, or mood swings, um, which, as I said, in retrospect, um, prove, prove to be, have been symptoms. Mm-hmm. Well, a few things simultaneously have come to mind, Corey. So we understand and can appreciate that this is a multi-layered, multifaceted uh, dynamic and situation at play, not just because of what you've cited on the health front in terms of things that are symptomatic, things that are progressive in nature. But if we look at how this has impacted not only yourself, because this is the woman that you love and for knowing you as well as I do, you know, you've always been in a very independent type person. You've always gravitated towards people who were of independent, like-minded uh, characteristics themselves. And so for Sophie to have once upon a time been full of life and had a lot of goals and knowing that you as the nucleus of her family were her first and foremost priority to know now that she's in a position where she's immobilized and she's dependent upon other people. So there's that aspect of the contrast for who she was once upon a time yes. to fast forward to where she is now. So that in itself is a is, is very difficult for someone like you, who is her partner, uh, to have to witness. Then you've yeah. got the aspect of you've got this young daughter, same-sex child, who, of course, misses mommy. And if you could, right? So if you can maybe walk us through Evelyn's level of comprehension of this and how she's grappling with it. Yes, of course. Um, She, at uh, six and a half years old now, she already doesn't remember a mom who speaks, um, despite the fact that, you know, even up until sort of four and a half years old, um, Sophie was still able to, in full knowledge of what was coming, be able to tell her how much she loved her and, um, you know, just carry on normal parent 
child or as normal as as was possible at the time parent-child communication um but now as i say evelyn does not remember that interchange um she uh doesn't really know how to feel about things because she doesn't really understand the concept of not getting better um every you know disease and injury and uh sickness that a, that a child typically goes through has a has an ending point um which results in a, a new and improved self and in this case of course it does not and that's that's been the biggest point of struggle for her is not understanding that her mom will not get better and for my part as a parent i'm trying to be as honest as i can with her while 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 protecting her fragile feelings um mm -hmm. and say only what is truthful but necessary at the time such as well the doctors don't think mama's going to get better um mm -hmm. you know which is something she can understand it defers to a third party you know who she understands to be a professional um that said how much does she really understand of that it's hard to say what we do notice is um you know things that you might pass off as uh i just don't want to go to school today um or i'm tired become you know i have a chronic stomach ache i have a stomach ache three times a week um and as we know to some degree at least these things can be um anxiety related so it's for me to kind of try to weed through the story of how a six-year-old looks at her own feelings and you know fill in the blanks as it were and insist that she she talk it out as, as best we can um because she doesn't necessarily associate those feelings with anxiety over her mom's condition or or a deep sense of loss about the relationship with the mom so that happens a lot and you know i realized at one point we were we had gone through a few a few weeks of that you know and at one point i said Ev, I, I just want you to tell me the absolute truth even if it's i just don't want to go to school today because i'm sad mm -hmm. you know because that's okay we can we cannot go to school today you know mm -hmm. we, we don't have to go and it's okay to not go because you're sad um yeah. you don't have to have a stomach ache you don't have to um feel sick you know i, I want to know the truth you know um so that's a that's a tough thing to deal with um in in her case because you know you're trying to weed through the language of a young child and, and get to the truth and you know, sometimes it just crops up in, at the weirdest moments and the weirdest times, and you know that what you're looking at is not uh, a result of a stubbed toe or a, or a, I'll give you one example uh, of a, a friend coming over for a play date just yesterday and incidentally stepping on a, a relatively unimportant Kleenex box that's been turned into a bed for a stuffed toy. Um, which led to an outbreak of emotion that 
you know that you wouldn't expect from such mm -hmm. a from such a thing and of course i know i know what's going on and she still doesn't she thinks that that the, the full brunt of that that reaction is is due specifically to the to the cause with which she associates it which is this accidental damaging of a otherwise unimportant thing um and you know when i see those things and when they build up i know it's a time for another call to our health and family counselor and uh she's great we go in uh whenever evelyn mentions it or whenever i deem it necessary and um you know that's a very uh lucky a very fortuitous aspect of living in canada and having the wonderful state conscious care that we have in this country yes. which uh we should all protect as far as i'm concerned not to change the subject but um anyways the the long and short of it is um when she goes to see that counselor uh, they don't talk about anything specifically. I don't, I don't go in with her. Uh, she's quite simply allowed to play and talk and the counselor cleverly in their, in their way, uh, tries to draw out that which is going on in that little mind right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, it's a tough one with the kid. And it's, as for myself, if, if I might continue. That's where I was going to go next. Who takes care of the caregiver? Yeah, that's a real tough one because, um, you know, as, well, the spiritual teacher to which you alluded in the bio interview um, is famous for saying where there's love, there's no uh, no effort. Where there's love, there's no, um, no, no action happens by itself. And that certainly is the case. Um, but when she's speaking she's speaking from a from a you know a, a vaulted point of view um spiritually speaking if you understand what i mean and yes the the fact is i'm just a guy uh trying trying to get through as best we can so despite the fact that yes of course i i was able to to the largest degree care care for the needs of, of both those people um and still try and get the laundry done and, and whatever else mm -hmm. the um the truth is it takes a toll that that you ignore and that when it does rear its head it, it's very crushing it's very devastating um you know because you you really don't want to show uh anything but dry eyes and a smiley face to the people that you're caring for um which is a lot easier when you're a third party when you're a removed caregiver mm -hmm. um but in my case because of sophie's symptoms because of the ftd symptoms a lot of um the biggest trouble dealing was sleeplessness um because the ftd results in both auditory and visual hallucinations which um which prevented Sophie from, from getting any decent sleep. Um, she also um, would therefore be exhausted in the morning and, you know, not be able to, 
to deal with her own morning activities, uh, which fell to me. And that, because I was up numerous times during the night dealing with what, what are those spiders I'm seeing on the ceiling and what's that that just ran through the house, um, you know, knowing fully well that nothing had gone through the house, um, mm -hmm. but having to deal with those types of um, almost hourly events through the night, um, you know, you can imagine sort of dealing with a newborn where you're waking up to a colicky baby all the time, you know, that, yes. that kind of exhaustion um, that, that rears its head eventually. Um, that was the number one thing for sure. And it, what it did really was create a kind of, you know, twitch event in my, in my unconscious, you know, every sound in the house became a, an alert. Every, every sound outside became an alert. You know, I was waking up every, every few minutes really. And, and to some degree I still am. I, it's almost, you know, in my own readings about how we deal with these things, it's, it's akin to uh, a kind of post-traumatic stress where mm -hmm. when you've, when you've been altered in that way, it, it remains, you know, um, as a habit almost. So, you know, my habit still does remain to sleep very lightly. Um, I, and, and through that time, of course, it makes just quite simply getting, getting through the day very difficult. Um, but, uh, since, um since Sophie's gone into care, of course, it has started to subside. I do get better sleeps. Um, I have done my best to get back to work. Um, although as a self-employed person, as you probably know, if you sort of disappear for a couple of years in a small community like mine, your your name becomes mud essentially. So it is it's mm -hmm. it's spinning my wheels to try and to try and ramp things back up here. But um well, and that's what we're that's what we're going to do. This is what we're doing here. And this is going to be ongoing because I know so many different radio show hosts and podcasts, uh, podcasters, sorry, who, you know, it would be an honor and a privilege to showcase you because, you know, you've got it. And I know this from having worked in social services, you know, you're always expected to do more with less and you've got to no. keep it on the radar of everybody because your plight will be replaced very quickly by someone else's incoming plight. So yeah, you have yeah, to take massive action. You've got to utilize the voice. You've got to utilize the platforms uh, and take advantage of whatever's being afforded uh, to get the message out there. So you and I both know, because you're a very self-actualized uh, person, which I think has probably helped carry you throughout this ongoing if you want to call it a nightmare or transition within your life, it's been a paradigm shift. It's been all of those things uh, yes. combined. So, you know, we know for people in our realm of personal growth, personal development, and just how we choose to live our lives, Corey, we know that to be vulnerable is in fact a strength. It's not a weakness. No, and no, it's not. And so we all at different times in our life, whether the people who are tuned into this particular show right now or eventually the podcast subscribers, you know, if you have not reached that juncture in your journey of needing either a community, a global community, the universe to embrace you, to surround you, because our children are everyone's children, uh, it, it, you know, everybody is going to be struck by some set of circumstance that's going to catapult your reality 
into something completely unforeseen, uh, something that none of us are really equipped to know how to handle. It's really minute by minute, second by second. Um, So this is why we're calling this a call to action because Corey, for the way that I've always known Corey, and I'm speaking to the, the listening audience right now, Corey has always been the first person to step up. Corey has always recognized his own privilege. Corey has always been inherently an extremely grateful person. Uh, Corey has also always worked very hard for what Corey has acquired in his life and has always anonymously given back in his own way. This is now Corey and Evelyn and Sophie's time. And so we are calling this a call to action because again, the ongoing needs surrounding not just only Sophie's care, but Evelyn's ongoing care. And you having stepped and catapulted into the whole arena of becoming both mummy and daddy on a daily basis and being entrepreneurial uh, to boot. This is is a lot. This is a lot that you're juggling uh, and it would be for anybody, Corey. So Let's talk about the level of need. Let, and, and I don't want any, there's, you know, there's no ego attached to this. If, if this was you interviewing somebody else and you generally were wanting a true account of what the needs are. I mean, we yeah. can talk about, you know, five, six, seven years from now, it's going to be tampons or it's going to be ongoing groceries or it's going to be gymnastics or it's going to be ongoing therapy or it's going to be a new bike or new clothes. I mean, please, let's have at it. Let, what do we yeah. need here, Corey? Well, that's, it's a good question. Um, thank you for asking so candidly. I, As you might imagine, a lot of this process has to do with a certain amount of, uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll say the word, I, I'm, I'm negative, uh, you know, I'm, I'm loath to say the word because it has, it carries such an amount of baggage, but the word is shame. And I, for those who, as you say, vulnerability is, is not, um, is a strength. Well, the capacity to look at and name feelings that you're dealing with is also a strength, I feel. And I've learned a lot about that in the last little while, because I've quite simply never realized the the hue and color that shame can come in. And mm-hmm. it it's very insidious, and it's very hard to, um, you, you know, it's, it's a really gut-wrenching feeling and when you are trying desperately to do the best that that shame you really have to call it out and name it and 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 say it for what it is which is which is a temporary detriment to your peace of mind because it is insidious and it does lead me to be um loathe to ask for help you know i i am a proud man and that pride is damaged and you know i i do feel that shame whether whether i'm you know at a place in my life that's conscious enough to deal with it or not which i thankfully am um it still does you know it leaves that whisper in your in the back of your mind and it and it makes things like this very difficult that said um i have come to understand largely through people like yourself friends who have reached out um that 
that there is no shame in being in this position. This is a position that anyone might have fallen into. Exactly. Um, it's not a failing of my of my efforts, you know, to be uh, a provider. Um, it quite simply is an unlooked for and difficult event that, as you say, could happen to anyone. So uh, the long and short of it is um, roughly two and a half years ago, coming home from work, made the connection, made the realization that um, Sophie and Evelyn could not be left home alone together anymore. Evelyn wasn't in kindergarten yet. Um, Sophie was no longer comfortable driving. She no longer could go to the daycare. Um, so, you know, it, it just kind of, I, I just, for whatever reason, I realized suddenly that this couldn't go on anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and that my presence or somebody's was needed in the home. And because at that time we still had some savings, we, um, I, was working for myself there was no job to quit or ask for time away from i just basically decided that it was time to stop doing large portions of what my business required and um and became you know the full-time caregiver the the up practical upshot of that is that of course the, that savings which doesn't disappear very rapidly when you're when you're working and adding to it disappears very rapidly when you're when you're drawing on it with with weekly needs suddenly um mm -hmm. like groceries and and um medical needs and everything else so what we went from is essentially you know a very good position where you had your deposit in the bank still for a potential house and a, a new business, a fledgling business that was on the rise and and an attitude that was on the rise to go along with it went, uh, of course, very quickly to an attitude that um, was a bit more defeatist and a bit more resigned to uh, quite simply making the best of what time we had left. And that was another thing about it. We knew we had only a certain amount of time left. We knew that Sophie wouldn't be ambulatory forever. So one of the first things we did was um, just decide as a family that uh, school didn't matter, work didn't matter, and debt didn't matter. And mm -hmm. we were going to go um, uh, to Mexico for what would be Sophie's last ambulatory trip. Even at the time, she was she was shuffling rather poorly and her speech had failed. Um, she could still communicate via the... Uh, keyboard or or with pen and paper um that we did in fact agree as a family that this was the right step and, mm -hmm. and to make some memories you know basically for evelyn that that was the biggest the biggest point to make memories with a mom who could still engage as best as, as she could mm -hmm. so that um has essentially left us in the position now of uh, basically just debt um rather than uh, you know, rather than uh, having a, having a, a decent income and uh, and some money in the bank, I'm uh, looking at a much denuded income and you know a thirty thousand dollar credit card debt. So mm -hmm. that that said, because of the great schemes we have involved uh, with with public health, um, and because of the generosity of of friends and family, I I 
our, our mutual friend Adam, uh, who you know well, started yes a, started a uh, a fundraising campaign some time ago, which which certainly um, you know took some of the pressure off for a while. Um, they uh, we opened up a bank account, which is basically friends of Sophie, you know, which is to be perfectly honest, largely uh, her dad and my brother and a, a couple of people who have uh, who've added as much as they can to uh, to fund Sophie's care, which is which is essentially what this is about, about funding care. It's about um, meeting the needs of the care home, uh, which, again, because of our subsidies and our, and our health care system can are relatively manageable to be perfectly honest you know going into a, a home like like the one Sophie's in right now generally uh, comes with about a six thousand dollar per month price tag um, which you know is impossible for most most yes. people. Um, the fact is due to the decline in income both for Sophie and myself those last few tax years uh put me in a bracket that means that that price will be duly subsidized um which puts us in around the sort of uh, 14 1500 a month um for sophie's direct care um mm -hmm. that you know that doesn't include um niceties of any kind um and we all know what care home and hospital food is like especially for a woman like Sophie, who has both celiac disease, is a vegetarian, uh, has a penchant for only the absolute organic best, and right. <laughs> uh, you know is is uh, certainly uh, hard pressed to uh, to get anything down that is offered to her. Um, mm -hmm. But you know that that as that is extra, of course. But in terms of just uh, the, that immediate care for um, for the care home, we're looking at probably about $1,500 a month um, just to maintain it. Um, and of course, now that she's in care and my capacity to get out and work again uh, has increased, uh, the, of course, the, the double-edged sword is that uh, although my time is now more available to me uh, after a couple of years of answering the phone in a very poor fashion and not getting back to people has left a hole in my in my word of mouth so the at the exact time when my when my time could be spent making money again uh the you know the interest in the business has, has fallen away so it's uh it is very difficult but um my hope is that through uh, recent advertising a couple of recent advertising campaigns for the business and um, you know, just getting my presence back out there that that will start to correct. But, um, the, you, you know, the truth is we're, we're, we're just, um, supporting debt that's, that's getting larger right now. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it, it is a, it is a burden on the mind. You know, I, that said, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you do suddenly become, less debt averse you know you're like well that's what what to do uh, we quite yeah. simply need to spend it so we're gonna mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. 
and that's an unfortunate uh, place to be. But you're, it's amazing how you know what was once a, an extreme reticence to use that credit card or or to support any kind of minimum monthly payment um, becomes uh, just a matter of course. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a hard pill to swallow at first because of course the anxiety that goes along with it becomes quite quite aggressive. Um, and the you know, you, you really do have to shoulder and ignore it. It's it's almost like, well, I, I know you're on the phone. You know, CRA's on the phone, GST's on the phone, MSRP, healthcare's on. The, they're all on the phone. You know, mm -hmm. they they want mm -hmm. their money. Um, and there there does come a certain freedom from looking at that uh, number on the phone and just not answering it because you don't have anything good to tell them. Right. Uh, so, but again, it doesn't do anything for the state of mind um, and the burden that, that is being shouldered. Um, so well, Corey, there's, there's a few things I, I want to get in here because this is crucial. And, um, and I appreciate you being so raw and so candid. Now, one thing I want to just, you know, and, and I know it doesn't matter what I say or anybody who loves you and cares about you says, it's really the ways in which you choose to dialogue with yourself. And I know when emotions are continuously in a state of being heightened and you're emotionally charged, it's hard to be objective. It's, our, it's hard to be neutral. It's hard to relinquish certain things really? that... If, if the roles were reserved, uh, reversed, this would instantaneously be the types of free advice you would give to, say, an Adam Greenberg or to a Lisa McDonald or to anybody in your wheelhouse uh, no. where, you you know, it's, it's, it's much hard to internalize when it's ourselves. And I certainly can appreciate that and I can grasp that. But when you opened up there uh, and you were talking about shame, I, I want to say a few things. OK, I, I really no. want to speak to that. Um, yeah. because, because shame to me is spiritual suicide. And yeah. when I, when I look at what goes on in the world and, you know, the level of narcissism for people who have no shame for the atrocities that they've inflicted on the environment or other fellow human beings or animals or whatever the case may be, white collar crimes, um, yeah. please, Corey, you are in a really unfortunate predicament where most people can't even imagine if in your situation, how they would grapple with this. And this is you being somebody who's self-actualized. This is somebody who's already a contributor to humanity. This is somebody who is characteristically always innately paid it forward and have been of service. Uh, you know, and you're very tapped into the pulse of reading people, uh, people's body language, people's emotions. Um, so, I mean, fortunately, in terms of your qualities your personal qualities and characteristics i think that is really helping to keep things afloat for you um and you should take pride in that uh, because not everybody puts as much stock in owning their own stuff or showing up to be the best version of themselves so as then to be the best version in this case for evelyn and for yeah. sophie and for everybody else so uh, you know, to the degree that you're willing to receive the message, please, the shame and you and the circumstance, there, there's, it does not compute. There's no correlation here. <laughs> yeah, okay? I understand. I understand. And of course, you know, I'm lucky, lucky enough to know that. I'm lucky enough to be able to look at it um, and understand it. What I would say is that as with most emotions, um, no matter what kind of degraded form of emotion it may be, 
um, it comes of its own. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not a choice. Obviously, I wouldn't choose to feel that. Um, of course. And I, and I don't, I don't choose to pursue it. I don't choose to flagellate myself or, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, empower it. But I, I would say that um, the, um, the, num the sheer number of not only emotional colors, but emotional events mm -hmm. that happen in any one day becomes truly overwhelming and i don't know if that's because i am who i am if others you know i i only go by what i experience so i assume that there are many who would experience these things the same way um and you know my counsel would be that the, the best the very best thing that we can do for ourselves when we are in that state is to use those spiritual techniques that we have to breathe through those moments, to look at them as objectively as you can, even though they are tugging at your, at, mm -hmm. at your gut. Um, you, and, and of course, try, try your best to, to objectivize them. And that's what, what I, I'm lucky enough. I, I do believe it's luck because I do believe, or luck or grace or whatever you might call it, but many would, I, I understand, and understandably, succumb to such to such uh dark emotions um and i i i, I feel uh, glad in a way because i never understood things like shame before i never understood them because i had never felt them um and and having felt them um it really does birth a greater empathy um for others who might feel that you know um and so i really yeah, I'm on the I'm on the mission now. I, I to spot that type of thing in my daughter. You know, I don't want my daughter to feel any responsibility mm -hmm. for what is going on. I don't want my daughter to feel like there's anything she needs to do to to make things better. Um, uh, and well, I hope I'm I hope I'm being clear. Um, the it it just becomes hard not to feel those things when you're of in, course. In, in a disadvantaged state, even when you do have the, the tools to deal with them, uh, as, as I certainly do, I like, which is a, a bless, a, certainly a blessing. Mm -hmm. Well, Corey, I, I want to say, because I, I can appreciate the isolativeness isolation factor of your situation, not only for where you live, uh, but for the circumstances that have, you know, thrown you into this situation and you're all in with Evelyn, it's Evelyn, it's Sophie, and then it's yeah. trying to get out from underneath the daily emotions, the daily debt, the phone calls, the, you know, the, yeah. the you know, trying to reclaim your place with customers who don't have the insight or the awareness to know that this wasn't a character flaw or because of, you know, your professional work ethic or not having integrity for your, for why you fell off the grid. Yeah. Um, so you're, you know, you're in the thick of it. And I want to say to you, the amount of respect, I mean, I've always respected you, Corey, um, but the level of respect speaking from parent to parent and from single parent, different circumstances, mind you, but from single parent to single parent, I just want to say, 
you know, the way in which you have embraced this situation, this way that you have risen for all parties involved, the way that you are, you know, just fervently pushing forward no matter what each day brings and the highs and lows and the ebbs and flows of the, the every set of circumstances and emotions which would be part and parcel of the situation. I just want to say you're probably not hearing it all the time because of your isolation, but I want to say you are an amazing, amazing human being and father and I have no doubt that Evelyn, regardless of cognitively or how she's verbalizing it or articulating it, any child would be fortunate and blessed to have you as their father. And so for all the doubts, because you and I, I mean, and, and all the listeners who would be tuning into this particular program, as conscientious people and taking pride in being very uh, clear on our number one priority, always being that first and foremost of our children, their well-being, their happiness, uh, their security, their everything – I go to bed every night and I ask myself the question, did I do enough? Do And in my case, I've got two kids, you know, was I yeah. equitable? Was I fair? Uh, yeah. Did I, did I show up? Did I do enough? You know? So, you know, the fact that you are having to ask yourself those questions for a whole myriad of reasons, in addition to what a, a person under different circumstances uh, would be forced to question within themselves. I just want to say for any doubt or bad day, and I'm sure there's a lot of them, uh, or for moments of trepidation or insecurity uh, or why the hell is this happening, I want you to know, Corey, you are, what an example you are and the leadership and the legacy that you are demonstrating and the ways in which your daughter is going to look back on this once upon a time and she's going to go wow do I not have the best daddy in the world Corey I can't say enough about you and I know you're not hearing it enough Uh, I know you know it at the heart level but you are loved you are respected you are embraced you are supported and I want to give you the opportunity being cognizant of time and I'm actually I'm going to bring you back on again we're going to do another back-to-back show uh relatively soon because there's just too there's too much ground to cover and I want to keep this at the forefront of people's minds um but how can people make donations how can people if they either want to send clothing or books or uh hygiene products in addition to money, like PayPal, what, how can, or if that bank, um, yes. if that bank account still exists where people can make donations directly to the bank. And this is something that my team and I can also get from you in the ramping up and marketing of the show, following Great. the show. Okay. That would be what's, wonderful. Yes. Um, what's, for starters, thank you so much. It, it's, um, it's lovely to hear. It's, it's, it's beautiful what you say. Um, and I, I do need to hear it. Um, because you, you do certainly feel, um, uh, like the captain of the sinking ship sometimes. And, um, you know, it, it it is hard, but anyways, I won't go on about it. Um, the, the truth is I I don't have those things just that my, my fingertips, I'm sure I should. Um, but yes, the, the bank account exists and and we can, uh, I can certainly provide, uh, the appropriate link for that. Um, I mean, PayPal is um, is fine. Any anything would be fine, and and it's certainly fine to give my address out, my email address. Um, okay. Uh, Do you want to say that here on the live airwaves? Sure, what absolutely. is your address? Sure, absolutely. Uh, it's Corey Smith, C O R E Y, 
the address is 9840-McKenzie-M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E Road in Half Moon Bay, H-A-L-F-M-O-O-N, one word, in British Columbia. The postal code is V0N1Y2. Uh, the email address uh, for anyone who, who might want to know more or for anyone who might be going through similar things and want to reach out um, is coreysmith1 at gmail.com, C-O-R-E-Y-S-M-I-T-H-1, the number, at gmail.com. Um, and I, I, I would say that um, it, because there is a vacuum sometimes in one's own um, uh, daily respect for oneself. Uh, should anyone else uh, be suffering through similar things, I, I really do encourage you to reach out. Um, there, the there, there's a bo a bonding uh, reality that occurs when you're a caregiver. You know, uh, I don't. You know, we got this with the caregivers who came into the house. The caregivers who started coming into the house were. Um, in need themselves sometimes, you know, dealing with family problems at home. I can't tell you how many times we just sat a caregiver down on the couch and made her a cup of tea and, and, and told her not to worry about the, making breakfast that morning or whatever it was. So for my part, um, if anyone would like to reach out or talk about, about these things, by all means, email would be the best for me. And we can always chat on the phone. Um, the, Beautiful. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's a tough road. I know a lot of people do face it. I'm not alone. Um, and it, the bonding experience that you share when you're, when you're caring for, for uh, disabled and dying loved ones is, is not to be uh, avoided or taken lightly. We, we, mm -hmm. we, should, we should suffer together. It's, it's better. Mm -hmm. Well, just very quickly, again, being cognizant of time, and again, we're going to have you back on this show. There's going to be, I mean, we're not going away. We're just now starting to ramp things up, uh, and it's going to be at the forefront of people's minds um, because how do people retain information? How do messages stand out? Repetition, 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 and I have no problem with that whatsoever. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no problem. So, you know, size-wise for clothes for Evelyn, favorite colors, what are her favorite hobbies, what kinds of things would be considered, uh, you know, if money weren't an object, what kinds of things would you want to buy your daughter that we can generously donate? What, what yeah. can we do? Uh, well, you know, as a, as a sprightly growing six and a half year old, the number one thing she grows out of right now, it's simple stuff, socks and shoes. Um, she still remains pretty um, girly with her choices. She likes, uh, you know, she would prefer to have a, a, a fancy sparkly shoe on than a, than a, than a running shoe, that's for sure. Um, and she's just coming up to size uh, kind of 11 in, in her clothing. Um, and shoe size, she's just kind of leaping through that weird zero to, you know, that zone where they come out of the little kid stuff and enter into the, um, the uh, larger kid sizing. And I, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but it's probably... Uh, around the one okay. you know, in, in that other size. Um, she's a lovely little kid. She sings choir. She's very interested in everything. She's just getting her reading under her belt now. Um, any kind of early reader stuff uh, mm -hmm. is, would be fantastic. 
Um, you know, she's what about, sorry, Corey, what about yeah, gift cards? Cause I know that you're in a pretty remote area. What kinds of gift yeah. cards would be appropriate that could be utilized? Yeah. Um, you know, um, independent, the Loblaws, uh, the Loblaws chain, independent grocers are, our nearest one with uh, the Joe Fresh brand of clothes that they mm-hmm. put out for kids. That uh, there are there are our big source here. We don't have a lot. We don't have a Walmart. We don't have a mm-hmm. um, anything else uh, really. Uh, but um, uh, that would be great. Um, that because not it's a kind of inclusive place too. It's a pharmacy. It's a it's a clothing store. It's a grocery store, mm-hmm. um, and it covers a lot of bases. So. Um, that's independent grocer and seashell. Um, the other thing I'd like to know and the listening audience to know, when is her birthday and when is your birthday? My birthday is just passed, June 2nd. Yes. Um, her birthday is September 19th. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. And your family celebrates Christmas? We do, yep. Okay, wonderful. All right, Corey. So in terms of, I, I'd like to give you one more opportunity. Again, we're going to invite you back because there's just too much ground to cover. And I don't, yeah. you know, but where can people reach out to you again? And, ter- and my team will be uploading all the information, address, everything, phone number, PayPal, the bank yeah. account number. Uh, but just quickly here before we have to say cheerio for this particular first time interview, where can people best connect with you? Yeah, best best connection for sure is by email, CoreySmith1 at gmail.com. I'll, I'll leave my phone number as well because uh, I have no problem with that, 604-989-5673. Um, either of those two ways is fine. Uh, of course, I have a Facebook presence, which is just my name, Corey Smith at Facebook. Um, and Instagram, uh, I'm known as Corfunct at Instagram, where I try to share as much of my poetry as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, if you want to find out some of the deeper layers, uh, certainly I'm, I'm trying to write my way through some of this experience. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Corey Smith one at gmail.com 604-989-5673. Text or phone me. Um, either would be great. And like I say, I can get you, uh, some bank account information as a follow-up. Beautiful. Well, Corey, I just want to say, you know, you are already staying the course. Know that you are embraced here. I know that people are going to reach out and respond in whatever way they can in terms of contribution, uh, whether it be a one-time thing, whether it be an ongoing thing. We're going to bring you back onto Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. We're going to keep the initiative going. Uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, I want to express my love to both you and to Evelyn and to Sophie. Uh, and please know, even though you might feel on many an occasion that you are alone, I'm here to reinforce to you the fact that you are not alone. Okay. Um, Thank you. Thank and, you very and, much. Yeah, you'll always have a friend and a staunch supporter in me, Corey. And uh, I really appreciate, respect, and admire what it is that you're doing. I mean, you talk about leadership. This completely embodies and defines it in my books. Um, okay. So true. So we'll continue to maintain contact behind the scenes. And again, we'll get all that information for where people can best reach out for donations and ongoing contributions. And just to connect with you, uh, just to send you a card with some nice, encouraging words, because what that does to the human spirit is invaluable, immeasurable. And and we we all need that, all of us. 
So to the listening audience, I want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedule for tuning in to myself and my wonderful guest of today, Corey Smith, on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. My purpose, which I'm very clear on, is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Please reach out to Corey. Until next time, I wish you all my love and very best. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Corey. Bye, Lisa. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.